Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to HR Work Break. I'm your host, Maddie Collins, editor of HR Daily Advisor. HR Work Break takes a quick but close look at everything human resources. For any HR professional, it's a must listen. I hope you learned something new, take some advice to heart, or simply stay abreast today's trending topics. Now, it's time for a work break. Today's episode was originally presented as a part of a panel discussion from HR Daily Advisors Employee Benefits Week. And we're going to share the audio from this great informative conversation to teach you more about the future of benefits and compensation. Gallup found that 64% of employees ranked increased benefits and compensation as a key factor in accepting a job offer. So to stay on top in today's economy, leaders must understand what employees want and need from a benefits package. Now please join me in welcoming our guest panelists to the floor. We have Joshua Dunsby, PhD Vice President of Client Advocacy and Consultant Relations at One Medical, Sony Jean-Michelle Fortin, Senior Human Resources Business Partner at Columbia University Irving Medical Center, and Gwen Gallmer, Executive Director of Total Rewards at Ally Financial Inc. Everyone, thank you for joining me today. Hello, Thanks, great to how be are here. you? I'm good. It's great to have y'all on. So now that we have everyone on the call, let's go ahead and jump into our first question. How has remote and hybrid work influenced the benefits landscape? For us, we've seen an uptake. You know, we all learned a lot through the pandemic and how to work virtually is one of those things. And I think our employees are more accepting now of modes to interact with their benefits through their phone. And then we also have a lot of virtual options under both our health plan and also our mental health benefits. So I think that, that the pandemic taught us how to use a lot of those other modes and got us more comfortable with them. Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of access to healthcare, the, there's been just a really dramatic and permanent transformation in the way that health benefits are being accessed. And so telehealth is really, you know, went from the small percentage of kind of number of thing, visits that are out there, whether, you know, it be a mental health or primary care type visit. But, you know, so we, we saw that, you know, increase. It's leveled off and dropped down a little bit, but it's at a, a much more steady state. I'm sure we'll talk more about this, but I think, yeah, I mean, behavioral health, mental health visits in particular have been very well transitioned over into a kind of virtual environment. And so that's tying back to this this theme of, you know, the flexibility. It really allows individuals, employees, and families to access care a little bit more on their schedule and fit it maybe in the middle of the day, not the need to kind of travel to someplace. And so that's been incredibly impactful and, and effective in delivering care and just really getting people over the hurdle. So that theme of flexibility, that theme of ease of access is really one of the things that we've seen really transformed. I would agree as well, Josh. You know, flexibility, hybrid work has completely changed the course of how we do business during the pandemic for sure. But one of the things it's staying that's what i'm seeing now you know i don't see other people wanting to go back to work a full five days a week in the office of course we know there are some industries as i mentioned that requires a little bit more in-person or face-to-face involvement but the trends and the data and the reports that we're seeing is that hybrid and remote work completely has changed the landscape of work, the work environment. And it will continue to do so for many, many years to come. You know, it's even impacting buildings in the city that once 
house a whole lot of employees, but now they're looking at other ways to kind of utilize those buildings. So certainly there is a change in not only our work environment, but ways that we're also providing benefits to our employees who are both working remotely, hybrid, and in-person. So there's a wide variety of ways that we also need to reach out to our employees. Do you feel like, because you have a workforce that some, I think, are need to be in person all the time, some probably have a more flexible environment. How have you tried to figure out what's going to meet the needs of those different groups of your own workforce? A variety of different ways. And of course, you know, we have a whole large clinical component that you use a, a bit of telehealth to kind of meet some of the demands of patients in that way. But overall, we still have to be high touch when it comes to patients. So there are different ways that managers have been working with the current in-person staff to try to provide more engagement and more opportunities for them to have a better work-life balance and try to weave in where possible some flexibility and allowing certain groups of ways to kind of either work remote or have alternative days off or have some level of compressed work week. So there are different ways that we have tried to support the current population that we have and to attract talent. A lot of the administrative roles have a variety of different landscape around hybrid and our remote. So it's not one size fits all, it's basically how do we one support business operations and how do we also support our That's a great explanation. And that kind of brings us to our next question, which is what do flexible benefits look like in today's world? You've already expanded on the fact that you have to kind of make it match your workforce and what they need as individuals. What what other ways would that look like? One other way I think about it is in terms of recognizing the needs of people at different life stages as well. And so some people are starting family, some people are buying a house, some people may be moving or relocating. You know, maybe they're managing student loans or have student debt, or maybe they're preparing for retirement. You know, we often think about different, you know, the ages of the employees, of course, that critical, but I think starting to think about that benefits are, are meeting the needs flexible for different life stages is also, I think, a really valuable way to come at it. And throughout all of that is still a bit, you know, the value of kind of convenience and of ease of access. But I think it also pulls in the need to start to tailor benefits and just, you know, recognize the circumstances that are in that, that work is a part of their life, but it's not all of their life. And when employees feel engaged in work is when they are feeling engaged in their benefits and recognize that that's reflecting their life stage. Absolutely. I can jump in. You know, one of the components that I also see mostly today that has been not only trending, but also have been changing the way we do business is supporting or at least encouraging more diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging programs. All of the efforts around that plays a major role in how employers continue to retain the current population that they have, but also attract new talent. It's really essential for these type of DEIB programs to continue. That's definitely a difference where DEI was definitely around pre-pandemic, but it, it played a major role on how we see flexibility when we're talking about the ever-changing and evolving world, right? We have uh, different programs. I partner with DEIB representative and she is amazing in ensuring that we are looking at the landscape a little bit differently when it comes to 
individual employees. So it's really important for us to continue to support some of these overall initiatives when it comes to DEIB, whether it's career development or learning and development opportunities where employees can see that there are different training components that are available to them. Rather, we have where before a lot of the training were more in-person. Now you can have a hybrid type of training. You can have a variety of different uh, opportunities for employees to grow and to also learn about each other and the culture and be more respectful in the workplace. And I would add to that, you know, we talked about the different generation, the different flex, uh, aspects of flexibility that the employees are looking for. It's important that we're offering that broad set of benefits. So there are those core benefits that most companies offer. There's sometimes, even within those core benefits, an opportunity to add very specific provisions or features that really speak to the needs of your own population and then make that part of your overall flexible benefit package. So, you know, we all have benefits that are competitive in our marketplace, and then we find those ones where we say, this is really important to us. It could be having available time off for employees. It could be contributing to their financial or to their retirement. It could be providing coaching in a variety of different ways. Each employer, based on their employee population, is going to have different places where they feel it's really important to support employees in those particular ways. The other thing I think we can do is help employees consume their flexible benefits, right? We offer a lot of plans and programs. Sometimes when we offer, when we're think, when our first thought is to offer a benefit that would speak to, to someone at a specific point in their life, or in their family building or in their career, we may partner that and roll it out with something else. So when we expanded our parental leave, we introduced paid caregiver leave so that it really is the aspect of we now are introducing paid time off for things that might matter to you regardless of where you are in your life. When we looked at education benefits, we were actually started by looking at our tuition reimbursement benefit and as we were preparing that for a launch, that's for education you're receiving right now. We paired that with student loan assistance, which would be for education for you or a loved one in the past. And then we also added 529 contributions. You know, thinking that this, if we package them as, as educational support benefits, it really broadens the audience that those benefits would resonate with and, and the, the group of employees who would really value that as an important addition to the benefits that we offer. I love that, Gwen, the, the way that you've packaged it up, that you're messaging it out and showing you have a strategy. And because I know every that helps build engagement when it feels like a thoughtful process. And it sounds like you have you know great channels to hear from your employees what they're looking for. And I know also, you know, every benefits professional has that issue of trying to balance things out or trying to provide some consistency and equity. So to roll out those things together and, and message kind of the big picture of what you're looking to accomplish, I'm sure has been very successful for you. 
I agree as well. I think it's it's wonderful, especially when you're trying to decipher for employees what they might need. You know, we have to listen to them, as Gwen said. We have to know what it is that will work best for them. Oftentimes, we have employers who are just making quick decisions around benefits because they see that it's something that other company <laughs> might be using, but it may not be beneficial to the current population that they have. So it really is important to do a deeper dive and really assess what would work best for your current population. Definitely. And one way I think we've seen benefits evolve is just its role in employee engagement and retention practices. So how can employers weave benefits into these two factors? I think it's important that from the time when you're recruiting, whether it's in your job descriptions or when employees are being pre-boarded and onboarded, like my uh, manager liked to say, you want to weave in all of these different benefits that are available. So employees really get to know the different programs, the different benefits, the different options that are available to them. That helps an employee right when they first start, but then it helps managers retain them, right? Because they not only understand the different options that are available to them, but they can start utilizing them right away. But the different engagement activities, you know, from the partnership that we have with DEIB to the partnership that we have with our main central benefits office. As business partners, we are at the forefront we see what's happening. We're the one that's partnering and ensuring that even in our welcome programs or on our website, in our offer letters, or uh, developing different programs with the different offices to support our employee population. Whether it's some social engagements that we could have like networking activities or um, sessions. We had just recently a session on the sandwich generation where we collaborated with all of our different benefit vendors and in-house experts uh, just to make sure that caregivers feel supported. And we had a whole training for uh, our caregivers just so we make sure that they understand that the benefits that are available to them. But the different engagement, whether it's managers really understanding the different benefit packages that are available, we have like a benefit highlights that we provide as part of the recruitment for a manager if they want to be able to have more dialogue at the onset when they're interviewing someone they have information about the full different comprehensive benefit packages that we offer but again being able to weave that in the day-to-day encouraging managers to have bold conversation but also to build trust with the employee so the different engagement activities definitely in the long run starts to help foster better relationship, increase retention, and also you start seeing job satisfaction, especially when you are focusing on a variety of different well-being programs that are available to them. I think all that I would add to that, Sonia, because that's, that's a great description of the link between the two. I think just knowing how employees want to be communicated to and having access there's lots of different methods and there's print and email and you know everyone's using different approaches but i think having a good sense of what's going to work best for individuals is really important and it it helps drive that that engagement and build out that kind of communication strategy and it's a win-win you know employees get really good employees that come in and they are very excited about the different 
programs and ways that we engage them. And then it increased employee productivity and then employees are satisfied at work. So it's it's a win-win for everyone. And we certainly want to help managers foster more joy in the workplace. Sony, that so resonates with me. So, you know, when you think about how the benefits and things land on employees from an engagement and retention perspective, it really starts at the top with culture. And we value that care factor, especially in vulnerable moments. And you just alluded to this, this kind of next concept. But our CEO, Jeff Brown, he talks about if we take care of our employees in the moments that matter most to them, they will be in a better position to care for our customers. And our employees and customers can better care for the communities. And then there's a little bit of trust. We trust that the results for our company will then follow from that. So that is something we have an ethos of of do it right, and our employees hear that, and we strive to live up to that expectation every day that our employees have when they are in a vulnerable moment that we're there for them. We either have a benefit plan or have a program or have a conversation and think of how we can support them with that need. It's hard for employees to understand the value of all the things that we offer, right? So we can help them, and we have a total reward statement. That is, some elements are refreshed more often, but it's formally refreshed quarterly. We let employees know when that quarterly total reward statement is available to them. And it really is a way for them to see it's not just my base pay. It's also maybe an incentive payment that I receive. And it's also the dollar value of all these benefits that we're making available to them. It's all shown in a pie chart so folks can really see what some of those dollars are as they're feeling that the support and the kindness we're giving them um, and that care along the way. Be sure to check out the full panel discussion from HR Employee Benefits Week and all the other great offerings we had from that week. Again, I'm Maddie Collins, and thank you for listening. Join us next Friday or whenever you need a work break.